Sit back. What NFC East quarterback? Relax. In the movie Ocean's Eleven. Put on your think cap. What prized possession did Danny Ocean get ready for the show? In chemistry, what is the name of the principal? And here's your host. During what year was the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Kevin. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the Think Cap Trivia Podcast. My name is Kevin, and it's my pleasure to be your host. While I typically do these shows solo, for the last couple weeks, we have been trying a new approach, which we call the Challenger Series, where two contestants duke it out head-to-head style. If you didn't get a chance to listen to any of the previous ones, you can check them out uh, on the ThinkCap feed, on the free parking feed on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and SoundCloud. If you search ThinkCap, it'll show up, um, or you can search free parking and find the entire family of free parking podcasts. So let me run down the rules for how the Challenger series works. Like I said, this is a head-to-head trivia style game in which I will pose 10 different trivia questions with each participant having the opportunity to answer first five times. If they get the question correct, they will earn 10 points. If they get it wrong, their opponent will have an opportunity to steal the question and earn five points for themselves if they answer it correctly. Whoever is answering first will have about 30 seconds to respond while the opposition will have about 15 seconds during their steal opportunity. To add a little twist to the game, in the case that a player would be mathematically eliminated from winning before they get to attempt all five of their questions, a seesaw question would be triggered. Just like a playground seesaw where two participants go up and down by alternating pushing off the ground back and forth, here, the challengers will go back and forth with their responses to a trivia question which has multiple answers. The participants will go back and forth naming answers to the question and whoever fails to produce a correct answer first will lose the round. If the player who was to be eliminated wins the seesaw, they will earn 10 points and the opportunity to answer the next question first. If they lose the game, will be over. In the event of a tie at the end of the game, the seesaw question will also act as a tiebreaker. If the seesaw is activated mid-game and the score still somehow ends up tied at the end, there will be one more question that will be closest without going over style, where the second challenger will have the first stab at it. Challengers every week will be composed of either fans who wish to be a part of the show or of your free favorite free parking personalities who want to test their wits. If any of you have interest in being a part of the competition, you can DM ThinkCap's Instagram at T-H-I-N-K-K-A-P, and I will add you to the list of prospective trivia talents. Please don't uh, feel hesitant in reaching out. We would love to have any and everybody come be a part of the show. All right, so now that I have explained all the rules for you, let me introduce to you our challengers this week. First, we have Rotor, who I introduced last week as working in sales of solar panels, solar energy, and other efficient lighting solutions. But now he's also got a Challenger Series win on his resume. Rotor, you want to say hello? Hello, Kevo. Thanks for having me back. Happy to be here. Hoping to get some type of streak going. And all the luck to you. Second, we have the man who is attempting to stop your streak. Mr. Fleazar, who works as an athletic trainer for the Hershey Bears of the American Hockey League, 
the sub-affiliate of my Washington Capitals. Fleazar, you want to say what's up? How's it going, boys? I do have to admit, Kevin, if I had to pick five people that I know that I did not want to go against in trivia, Rotor would be in the top five. So Thank thanks for this. Thanks for this. It's going to be a def- tester match. Yeah, it is absolutely going to be a good battle. Gentlemen, are you ready to put on your think caps and get this thing rolling? I am ready. Always. All right. So uh, as Rotor is the uh, defending champion here, he is going to get the first stab at the first question. If he gets it right, he will get 10 points. If he gets it wrong, Fleazar will get a chance to respond and get five points of his own. Rotor, are you ready for question number one? I am ready. All right, let's do this. Question number one of the evening. What is the maximum number of players that can play in a game of Chinese checkers? Once again, what is the maximum number of players that can play in a game of Chinese checkers? All right, I'm looking at the Chinese checkerboard in my mind right now, and it's, I believe it's either a five or six pointed pointed star. And I really don't know much at all about the game of Chinese checkers. So I'm going to have to surmise some type of guess out of just the shape of the board and how many people I think could play it. So I'm guessing anywhere between three and six. I'm trying to think, I think it has six sides. Ah, yes, I'm going to say three times three, six, six players. Six is your final. You threw out a lot of numbers there. Six Six is is the final final answer. answer. Six is the final answer. And six is correct. You can play Chinese checkers with six maximum players. So 10 points awarded to Rotor. You dug it out there. Wow. That was a little bit of luck. A little bit of luck. All right. So now let's go to question number two. This one is for Fleazar. Question number two. In bowling, how many points would you score if you bowled a perfect game? Once again, in bowling, how many points would you score if you bowled a perfect game? Uh, well, Kevin, when I go bowling, I I score about 90 points. Um, but I believe the correct answer is 300. 300 is correct. That is the right answer. So, yeah, 90 is not exactly the closest to 300, but you know, a little bit of practice. Maybe you'll get there one day. You Been take the bumpers down yet? Uh, I, take, I, I, I don't do bumpers because I just want to I want to go for it. Um, and that's why I end up around 90. No, yep. It goes fast, though. It, sure, it looks good. Right as it beams into the gunner. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. You got to respect the game. Got to respect the sport, respect the hustle. I'm always happy when I break 100, you know. Absolutely. Like, hey, I got at least 10 each one. That's got to count for something. But all right, let's get on to question number three. The score is tied 10-10 after the first two questions. Rotor. What German-born philosopher famously theorized that a human society, economics, and politics develop through class struggle? Once again, what German-born philosopher famously theorized that human society, economics, and politics develop through class struggle? So it's that, uh, that those last few words, class struggle, that really kind of cemented who I think the choice has to be. I was, as soon as I heard German-born, I was going Nietzsche. I was going um, Freud. I was just wondering what exact direction science was going to go down, what avenue. And um, then you said class, the class uh, divide. And that's that screams Karl, Karl Marx. I think it's got to be Karl Marx. And the correct answer is Karl Marx. You got it. Yes! If the FBI is listening, I'm not a Marxist. I just, I've read a, I've read a Wikipedia page or two of his. I'm not a big fan. 
I'm sure there are a lot of FBI agents out here listening to the Think <laughs> Trivia Podcast, Rotor. Right? You believe what I'm stuck listening to? This freaking kid answering trivia questions on his friend's podcast. All righty, Fleazar, you are down 20 to 10, and this is your second opportunity at first stab at a question. Question number four. What European city was the first to ever host the Olympics twice? Once again, what European city was the first to ever host the Olympics twice? Okay, so I don't know a lot about the Olympics. Obviously, the Olympics are the Greek games, so I'm thinking maybe somewhere in Greece, as I think probably the Olympics were probably hosted there at the beginning, I would imagine. Um, So I'm going to go with Athens. Athens is a good guess. However, it is incorrect. Incorrect. Rotor, you have a chance to steal. You have about 15 seconds. European, uh, the question was European country or European capital, European city. European city. European city to host um, Olympics twice. European city to host the Olympics twice. Uh, I feel like it could be Germany. I don't think it's England. I don't think it's France. All right, I'm going with Berlin. Berlin games. Berlin, another great guess. And that is also incorrect. The first European city to host the Olympics twice, or excuse me, the first city to host the Olympics twice, which happened to be a European city, was Paris. Paris is the right answer. That is so, not the first thing I think of when I when I hear Paris. I, I art, come on, yeah, like art, food, shit, good lord. I did not think of the elephant. I mean, Athens would have been my like if I had a first choice guess. That would. That is been. a that is a very common uh, first guess to that question. So uh, after that round, there were no points awarded. The total is still twenty. Rotor ten. Fleazar, and we are back to question number. Uh, excuse me, question number five going to Rotor. So here we are. Question number five. What is the most common name? the most common first name amongst U.S. presidents. Once again, what is the most common first name amongst U.S. presidents? Gotcha. All right, let's think. John, John Quincy Adams, Thomas, Thomas Jefferson. There's a lot of, there's a few, uh, with Bill, William, George. Uh, it's, I, I, I think it's either George or that other one I said, uh, not to give Fleazar too much help if I get it wrong. I'm going to go with George. George is incorrect. Mm. Fleazar, you're going to have about 15 seconds to steal. What's the most common first name amongst U.S. presidents? All right. I first thing, when I, as soon as you said this question popped out of me, was John. So I'm going to go with John, John Quincy Adams, JFK. I'm going to go with John. John is another valiant guess. And it is also incorrect, actually. The most common first name also starts guess? with a J. Yeah, let's, see, let's hear ah, it. Right? It doesn't start with a J. I was going to guess it was Bill or William. I was going to guess it was Bill or William. It is James. There were five Jameses and one Jimmy who was technically a James. So if you want to uh, call it six, you've got Madison Monroe, K. Polk, Buchanan, Garfield, and James Jimmy Carter. That's how it slipped past us. Those were like five or six names where I was like, okay, yeah, forgettable president, forgettable president, forgettable president. Got it, got it, got it. James. Absolutely. So once again, no points awarded. Uh, We are on to question number six. And question number six goes to Fleazar. So question number six, what does the C in the equation E equals MC squared stand for? Once again, what does the C in the equation E equals MC squared stand for? 
this is not good for me. This is completely out of my realm of anatomy and sports medicine. And I never took physics. We talk about this all the time, how I never took physics. E equals MC squared, man. I don't even remember what that is, to be honest. Um, and I know Rotor knows it. That's the worst part. I have a guess. Um, Um, got about five seconds. Just give me something. I'm going to go with, uh, circumference. I don't know. Circumference is incorrect. Broder, you have a chance to steal. Einstein's E equals MC squared. Um, as I think I remember it, it was energy equals mass over rate of acceleration squared. So C I thought was rate of acceleration. C. You were so close. It's the speed of light. It's mm -hmm. the speed of light. So you were right there oh. on the, the correct path. However, once that rate of acceleration can go no further, that would have been the right answer. Gotcha. gotcha. That's right. The, uh, the equation of mass energy equivalence there. So that was question number six. And once again, we have no points awarded. So we're kind of struggling here in the middle of the, uh, in the middle of the, in the middle of the game, boys. If it means anything, I feel like all of our incorrect answers have been hovering right around the correct right. answer. You know, yeah. we're, in, we're in the arena. Just got to find our, get a little warmed up here. Find our, get our bearings. Yeah, definitely. Definitely struggling right now. Definitely have a couple brain cramps, but uh, we're going to get there. We're going to the finish arena. strong. Yep. We're going to finish strong. Absolutely. You'll get it. You're in the arena. You just got to find your section and your seat and your row. Absolutely. So here we go. Question number seven goes to Rotor. He will have the first attempt at this one. On the 18th, a rover was successfully landed on Mars by the United States. What was the first planet that mankind ever successfully captured photos of its surface? Once again, on the 18th, a rover was successfully landed on Mars by the United States. What was the first planet that mankind ever successfully captured photos of its surface? This is not the direction I thought thought this question was going to go in. First, to get photos of the planet's surface. So, like, I know Voyager, Voyager 2, they went right by a few contenders that... But the thing is, with the gas planets, I don't know what that means with surface. But I also know that Venus has an incredibly thick atmosphere that makes it very difficult for us to get... Uh, I also know Voyager was one of the first things to leave the solar system. I gotta... Just about five seconds, please. Ah, it's Venus. Venus is correct. That was Thank the first God. planet that we saw photos of its surface. It was Venera 13, a mission launched by the Soviets. Um, you did mention its thick atmosphere. They crashed and burned many times <laughs> in their attempts to, to get it down there. And actually, the time before 13 i believe they actually landed by accident like something didn't deploy right and it kind of just slammed down and was able to survive so they were able to get like 20 some seconds of readings from the surface of venus and then they were like okay well if we kind of do that but in a more controlled way we'll be able to actually get some data and that's what they did for 13 and that's how we have photos of the surface of venus it's funny. I remember I've heard a good amount about like how incredibly hot it is, like just anywhere near Venus's atmosphere. Apparently we have like satellites that are now closer to the sun than Mercury and they have an easier time dealing with the radiation and the 
well, the heat, the heat, there's no heat in space. So, I mean, the radiation, they have an e easier time dealing with being up close past Mercury and right up in the sun's face. And it's easier for us to put technology there versus apparently putting it in Venus's orbit because it is still hotter and still more like full of atoms that degrade degrade yeah, all I'm, stuff if i'm not mistaken i believe the surface temperature on venus is like an average of 850 degrees fahrenheit and it actually rains sulfuric acid on venus so it's not a very pleasant not a very pleasant place to be with the heat i was saying maybe we could get the grandparents in naples florida tell them hey we got the new place to go it's this fit got this vet it's called venice it's, it's this new place it's called venice it's got hot beachfront property great views of the sun you're gonna love it yeah, not quite. But uh, anyway, you got the question right. So you got 10 points. The score is now 30 to 10. We are going on to question number eight now. Um, yeah, so question number eight. This one is going to Fleazar. Question number eight. LeBron James broke the record for the youngest player to reach 10,000 career points when he hit the mark in February of 2007. Who held the record prior to LeBron? Once again, LeBron James broke the record for the youngest player to reach 10,000 career points when he hit the mark in February of 2007. Who held the record prior to LeBron? Right. LeBron James, 2007. You got to think of somebody who came out of college pretty quickly. I know the rules flip-flopped back and forth. Oh, man, this is tough. You obviously want to go with Michael Jordan, but Michael Jordan played, I believe, three years in college. Um, good scores around that time. Oh, man. I'm going to take a shot in the dark here, go with the home team guy, and go with Allen Iverson. Allen Iverson, the answer is not the correct answer, unfortunately. Roder, you want to take a stab at the steal here? Just one quick poke. I got one guess, and that's it. Kobe Bryant. Mm. Right out of high school prospect. I don't know. Mm. Kobe Bryant is the correct answer. Ooh. Kobe was the youngest player to reach 10,000 points before LeBron came in and took over that scoring crown. Please, are you were wearing all purple? I, and then you said, I, team. I, I was actually, sure you were going to find your way to it. I, I have the answer on my shirt. Like I, I, right, I literally I just, have Kobe was... Bryant on my shirt. Um, uh, I'm a little bit embarrassed by uh, that. Um, I, to be honest, it was, it's been traumatic since he passed. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't like to bring him up. I get a little teary eyed every time he comes up. So may he rest in peace. He was, I'm going to blame that on, on the mental block there. <laughs> that is completely fine. Uh, we don't need any tears here on the pod. So we're going to move right past it. Unfortunately, with that uh, steal from Rotor, you are now mathematically eliminated. However, that will uh, trigger our seesaw question. So uh, just a reminder, I'm going to ask a question that has multiple answers. And if uh, we're going to go back and forth and whoever gets the question wrong first will lose. If Fleazar, you survive, you will get 10 points and the opportunity to answer the next question first. So are you guys ready for the seesaw question? Please, are you going to get first stab at it? All right. I have one one comment first. Please don't make it about metallic. Because <laughs> I can't do that with Rotor. That was, that was a heck of a <laughs> battle last week between Dan and Rotor. I was very impressed. 
very impressed by that. Uh, tip of the cap again to Dan. If you're listening, Rotor, you're here as well. No, no metallic elements this time. I think this one's going to be a little bit more in the wheelhouse of uh, people from our generation. So in the newest version of the game, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, there are 80 playable characters. Name as many characters as you can from the original 1999 game. So once again, in the newest version of the game, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, there are 80 playable characters. Name as many characters as you can from the original 1999 game. So, so this is the N64 version? Super yes. Smash Bros. and it goes to Fleazar first. Well, why don't we start out with Mario? That is correct. Link. That is correct. Luigi. That is correct. Ness. That is correct. Donkey Kong? That is correct. Kirby? That is correct. Ooh. Peach. Princess Peach. Princess Peach was not a member of the oh original roster. Unfortunately, the uh, the remaining ones there were Samus, Fox, Pikachu, Captain Falcon, and somehow Jigglypuff made it into the very first iteration of the game. My feel on that is that like literally too many people were bogarting Kirby and some like I I need to combat this Kirby with someone else and that's why they just threw Jigglypuff in the mix. I, yeah, I would not have gotten all those though. I honestly wouldn't be surprised if there's some story out there of the software developers using like the exact same model for Jigglypuff and Kirby and they were just like, yeah, I mean, we can get another easy character out of this, so let's do it. Add that rollout thing that Jigglypuff does literally. No, yeah, I, I definitely would believe that. They yeah, absolutely. Should, they should be related to each other, probably. They've got to be. So what They're... what actually happened in the game when Kirby would swallow Jigglypuff? That's a great question. I like. I, I think he would mentally... get the rollout ability. But that's I can't. Other... I can't mentally remember what like what Kirby would appear as because you know like Mario, he gets a little Mario hat. Like, right? What kind of he gets a hat on his head for most people? Does like, he? Right? Yeah. Like, but, yeah. Like what? What would be the? Hat? It's probably like Jigglypuff's eyes are like are a cap on his head. You know, like over one of the ears is one in the eyeball. You know. Right now, I kind of don't know. I'm going to be honest. I never once owned that game. I never once owned that system. I'm going to be honest. I played probably like over 100 hours in the original Super Smash, never owning the game system either. <laughs> never owning the game or game system. I never had the N64. Yeah, your, your buddy growing up always had it. Right. Yeah, I didn't have an N64 either, but the amount of times I played that game, it's innumerable. And I actually just looked it up. So Jigglypuff actually has this little like tuft of hair that kind of goes over his forehead. Uh... So Kirby just kind of grows that little tuft of hair. So wow. um, anyway, that is uh, officially the end of the game then there. So uh, Fleazar, you were mathematically eliminated, failed to stay in the game with the uh, seesaw question. So I want to thank you for coming on and uh, and challenging Mr. Rotor. Absolutely. I knew I was doomed as soon as I saw the other face on screen. So <laughs> I, I, showed up. On. I, I think Rotor is a much better person for the listeners to listen to as he has, he has the depth and just, he knows how to talk. He knows how to, how to bring the, the energy to this game. So I'm glad he's moving on. Much appreciated, buddy. Much appreciated. Thank you, man. It was Absolutely. a great game. Yeah, it was a great game. We very much appreciate having you on. Um, as we say to everybody who graces the the great Think Cap podcast, we would love to have you back, um, take another shot at this at some point. Um, I think at some point this might be a little bit of a teaser of something I'm looking towards doing in the future. 
but I might do a like a, a call out challenger series. So I might put up an Instagram post where I say tag someone you think you can beat in trivia. And then we organize a challenger series one on one between those two people. So be on the lookout for that. Um, if you're a listener and you want to be a part of something like that, if you want to be a part of the winter stays um, challenger series that we've been doing, you can DM me um, at T-H-I-N-K-K-A-P on Instagram. Um, I post uh, fun facts and daily trivia, all that kind of good stuff on there, um, as well as you can find out all updates on the podcast itself. So um, with that, I want to thank everybody for listening. Rotor, Fleazar, do either of you have any more parting words here? Thank you for having me, as of course, or as always. And uh, thank you, Fleazar, for the competition. It was a great game. And I look forward to coming back again and trying to keep the title. Absolutely. Um, thanks, Kev, for having me. Rotor, great job. I'll be listening next week to see, see if you pull it off again. And just tell the listeners, keep all things ThinkCap going. Absolutely. Thank you, gentlemen. Uh, once again, thanks for listening. I will see you next time and take care.